Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today, I want to close our series, Friday Night Lights. Next week, we're starting a new series called uh, About Solomon, the Wisest That Never Was. And we're going to be talking about that next week for the next few weeks. Um, But Coach Blankenship said this, self-inflicted wounds are the biggest things you try to prevent. Self-inflicted wounds are some of the biggest things you try to prevent. And that is so true when it comes to football but also when it comes to life. That, that many times, when it comes to life, we become our own worst enemy, right? You've seen people just constantly get in their own way, and it's self-inflicted wounds. We've seen on Friday Night Lights, penalty after penalty, and you're like, you gotta play smarter, kids. Man, you gotta play smarter. Son, you gotta play smarter, right? You gotta be a smart football player because you ain't a talented one, right? So, I mean, we, we, we talk to one another. We, we know that playing dumb football always, always hurts you, and self-inflicted wounds as a team costs you so many Games And can I tell you, we do the same thing as a church, right? We do the same thing as followers of Christ. There are so many times that the wounds that are inflicted to the church are self-inflicted wounds. We don't get along with one another. There's fighting. There's arguments that are happening. This group of people doesn't like this group of people, or this church doesn't like that church. And and it becomes this whole dividing thing. And here's what I want us to know. Very first thing is that a team that is easily divided is easily defeated. A team that is easily divided is easily defeated. You've seen it. You've seen those teams, whether it be NFL teams, whether it be college teams or high school teams. If they're fighting on the sidelines, if they don't like one another, if there's somebody they don't like, if somebody's throwing a a, a temper tantrum and they're losing it and they're making it all about them, what? The team doesn't play together well. And eventually, eventually, they lose. Can I tell you, the same thing is true when it comes to the church. Man, is that if we aren't getting all, if there's not unity within the church, eventually we are not going to be the church that God has called us to be. And, and hear me, today I'm talking about the big church, the big capital church all the way across the board, but I can't control what every other church does. But man, I am the shepherd of what God is doing here and how he's calling us to go. And this is something that is burning hot within my soul, within my heart, is that we would be a church that is unified and is going after what God has called us to be. Because if we get divided, it won't be long until we're defeated. If, if we get divided, it won't be long until we get defeated. Here's what Jesus said. He said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, Jesus knew their thoughts. When it's saying their thoughts, here's what this is talking about. 
He's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people of that day. Not, not the Roman government, not atheists, not agnostic, not Satan worshipers, right? Not like Marilyn Manson. I knew Marilyn Manson. So like, none of that. No, no. It says Jesus knew their, the religious people's thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. It'll be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Coach Riggs said this, we want to be the best version of us as a team. And I'm telling you the same thing is echoed here at Foundation Church. We want to be the best version of the church God has called us to be that we can be. And that doesn't happen if we are divided and going after separate things. Here, here's what I know. And, and you know this. More damage has been done within the church than outside the church. All right? More, more damage has been done t within the church than by the Roman government, than by, by atheists, than by certain movements or certain things coming against it. More damage comes from within, and this is what Jesus understood. More division comes from within than outside. And Jesus is talking to religious people who should have known better. Should have known better, right? Like should have known better, right? But, but, but didn't. And here they are. They're, they're dividing. They're like, oh, he casted out a demon. He must be demon-possessed himself, right? And then Jesus is like, no, no, no. If, if we're divided against ourselves, man, it's not long before this whole movement's going to be ruined. Hear me. I've seen the last year and a half, the church as a whole, we're getting divided and worked up over things that just don't matter. We're getting divided over, when I say things that don't matter, are you saying our presidential, like here it happens. Here, I say this and people are like, turn into a turkey, right? Like, are you saying this? Are you, uh, oh, oh, oh. We do. And it's not just one side. It's both sides have gone crazy. Let, let's say it, <laughs> come on. It's both sides you've lost. You're, you're scaring the children tuck crazy back in. Like it's, <laughs> we have gotten divided within our churches over presidential elections. We have gotten divided over churches based on mask or no mask. If you would have told yourselves that mask would be a hot button issue three years ago. You'd be like, no way, get out of town, right? But, but that's where we are. You know where we are now? It's not just about masks, now it's about vaccinated or unvaccinated. Call it the way it is. And, and here's what the, the pro-vaxxers are saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, you're uneducated, you hate people, and you just are a dummy, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, right? <laughs> Here's what the non-vaxxers are saying about the vaxxers. I love that we have descriptors for them, right? You're a sheep. Start to think for yourself, and you're going to be a zombie someday, right? Like, like that's what, <laughs> have you seen I Am Legend? This is how it starts, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And what's painful is this is spot on. And, and, and here's what the Bible says. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 through 15, love your neighbor as yourself, but if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. That's so spot on. This is so, this is just it. If you're always biting and devouring one another, you know why we're destroying, nobody else is destroying us from outside. No, we're destroying ourselves. We're devouring ourselves right now. And, and so here's what I would tell you. What has happened is that we have started playing Simon Says with culture, right? And we have been reacting like culture reacts. And we've been talking like culture talks. And we've been responding like culture responds. And we've been conducting ourselves based on how culture and those around us are conducting themselves. And we post based on what social media and how culture is responding. Responding, and we've been playing, we've been busy playing Simon says with culture that we forgot that we are called to play follow the leader with Jesus. We're taking our cues from culture instead of from Christ. And hear me, I got an opinion, but just because I have an opinion doesn't mean it's worth sharing. I, I got, trust me, oh, I got feelings. We, we can talk about them sometime if you want. I'll talk about my feelings, right? But, but here's what I want you to know, that whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, whether you're Republican or Democrat, man, whether you're lost or you're found, whether you're rich or you're poor, you're black, white, brown, purple, red, I don't care. You are welcome at Foundations Church, and we love you. And Foundation Church, this has to be a we thing, not just a me thing. And so what I would tell you is this, let's focus on what Christ and the Bible is telling us to focus on, because here's what will happen right now, right? We're going to have a turkey moment. Somebody's going to be like, what, 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 you didn't pick a side, you know, You're, you didn't, you, you didn't pick my side. And that's what, I've had people leave the church because they said I said something in my sermon that I never said. I'm like, man, I say some dumb things and some inappropriate things. If you've not heard them, just wait, right? Like, it's coming. <laughs> but there's some things people have said I've said. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. It's not true. Why? Because I didn't pick their side. And hear me, some of us are going to get mad and you're going to say, well, Justin never picked a side. I did pick a side. And it wasn't this side or that side. It's Christ's side. And it's following after what Christ has called us to do and how he's called us to conduct ourselves as followers of him. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 through 3 says, always be humble and gentle, whether you are getting your way or not. Be patient with each other. Let's read that again. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You're like, their allowance is getting really big, Justin. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And here's what I would tell you. It's not just about you keeping yourselves united in peace when it comes to the church and when it comes to us, but it's also this verse has to be lived out in your homes. This verse has to be lived out in your marriage. That you're making, because we can be really peaceful and make allowance for other people's faults really well with everybody else but our spouse, but the person that is our teammate. I mean, I would just encourage you, this is hugely, hugely important because Jesus says this, that every house that's not united will be destroyed. 
This, this isn't some, so it's a big deal that you guys get on the same page. And the way that ha- that happens is by following Ephesians 4, 2 through 3, that in your marriage, in your home parents, that grown children, that you would be patient with your older parents and older parents, that you would be patient with your older children. Always be humble and gentle. I think Tim McGraw sang a song about that. Always be humble and kind, right? Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love and make every effort, don't stop trying, make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And here's what I would say, some of us have peace, some of us don't, and it's just been something we've heard about. Some of us, we hear and and see other people that have joy in their life, and yet we've never arrived there. We see other people that have love and patience, and, and they've stepped into the promises that God has for us as followers of Christ. If you don't know that, God has promises for every follower of Christ that if you do A, B is going to happen. And some of us, it seems like we have never stepped into the promises of God. And there's a reason. It's because we have the wrong mindset when it comes to living our life. We have the wrong thought life when it comes to living our life. And because our mindset isn't right, the promises of God aren't a reality. And I don't know one person that is here or watching online that don't want the promises of God to become a reality for our life. So when we talk about mindset, what are we talking about? Mindset defined is this, the ideas and attitudes. That's huge there. The attitude with which a person approaches a situation. What's the attitude you are having when you're approaching a difficult situation? Anybody can have a good attitude when it's a good situation, right? Having a good idea or a good attitude when situations and things are going your way is super easy, right? It's almost hard to have a bad attitude in a good situation, right? I just, I don't see it much. Like, I hate this. Anyways, um, but... Having a good attitude, a Christ-like attitude, while dealing with situations that aren't going your way, that's really, really tough. And there's this huge example about the children of Israel and after they've left Egypt. And there's just this, these two verses in Deuteronomy, the first chapter of Deuteronomy, verses two through three, that says this. It says, normally it only takes 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. What should have been an 11-day journey took 40 years to accomplish. Why? Because the children of Israel, the Israelites had the wrong mindset, the wrong attitude when the situation didn't go their way. When they were met with challenges and opposition, right, when they had to fight for it, they got the wrong attitude and it led them to 40 years of wandering instead of an 11-day journey that led them to the promise that God had for them. And here's what I want you to understand is that right thinking enables you, but wrong thinking disables you. 
Right thinking enables you to step into the promises of God and all that he has for you, but wrong thinking disables you every time. And one mindset the Israelites had that were wrong, and I can't go through them all, but was this, when things got hard, they got discouraged. Right? The, the very first time that, that they send the spies out and they go spy out the promised land, they come back, and Joseph and Caleb are like, bro, we can totally do this. Like, this, this is totally doable. Like, these are the hype guys. Like, we can do this, Moses. Like, Mo, we got this right now. Like, we can totally do this. And then the other 10 guys are like, well, I don't know. They're like Eeyore, right? Like, I don't know. Man, those guys are really big. We're like grasshoppers. Ah, we just can't. You had two people that had the right mindset and you had 10 that didn't. And the 10, what I have found out is that a wrong mindset is so, very often more contagious than the right mindset. And when you get yourself surrounded by people with the wrong mindset, if you're not careful, they start having an effect on you instead of you having an effect on them. And this is why the, the Bible talks about be careful of the company you keep because bad characters corrupt, bad company corrupts good character, right? And some of us, we have been around the wrong people and as a result, what should have happened years ago, we are still struggling through. Why? Because we have had the wrong mindset. Because when things got hard, we started looking at our enemy more than we started focusing on our Savior. Some of us, we are consumed with our problems and we are consumed with our challenges and we are consumed with the opposition instead of being focused in on our Savior who is our solution. And what attitude and mindset do you have when things get difficult, when things don't go your way? Maybe when things go wrong and they go wrong for everyone to see. Some of you remember um, when everything shut down, we all didn't know what COVID was. Um, churches stopped meeting, and we started doing services at the Admiral Drive-In. Do you guys remember this? Like, some of you remember this? Um, and our first, our first service, especially our first service, um, we had media, Fox 23 News, Sarah Whaley, like, she's like, Fox 23 News, right? Like, um, she was there promoting what was happening, and it was like, thank you, Sarah. And um, there was other news channels that were out there, and it was in the paper, and like, it was this big thing, and we were promoting it, and everybody was excited because you got to leave your home, right? Like, you felt like you were doing stuff. And here's how weird this is to think back. We didn't even know if we'd get out of our cars, Right? Like, it was almost like poisonous gas was in the atmosphere, and you're like, if I crack my door, am I just going to fall over and die? Like, you just, we just didn't know, right? And so we're all there, and we're excited, and we're pumped because it's service, and we're like, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have service on the big screen, and we had already recorded service, and Seth had gone and prepared everything that the Admiral Twin, we had two DVDs in case the first one didn't work. We had a backup flash drive in case the DVDs didn't work. We were good to go. Everything was ready. Media's there, pumped. Horns are honking, everything's going. We go through, service starts five minutes in, and it just boo, stops. You remember this? I remember it. I still have nightmares about this. <laughs> I, I, I walk to the little, the little theater room. I think we've got a picture of it, right? The little projector room. I'm like, hey, hey Seth, how, how's it going there? He's like, I'm on, I'm on it. We're putting the backup DVD in right now. I'm like, awesome. I go back to my car. Starts up for two minutes, boo. Dadgummit. And at the second time, I'm doing the fast dad walk, right? When you're mad, you're just like, you just walk really fast. 
and I'm walking and everybody's like, oh no, Justin's mad. I was so mad. I was so, so mad right now. I walk in and I'm like, I'm not mad at Seth. I'm just mad that it's happening, right? Because Seth did everything he knew to do. Um, and so he puts a flash drive in, it doesn't work. And I'm like, I've been stalling for like five minutes. I don't know if you guys knew my prayer was like really, really long that night. I was just trying to give us some time if I'm being just really honest. And, and Seth's like, it's not gonna work. And here it is, news media's out there, you guys are out there. I am so embarrassed. I am, I'm mad, right? And I'm in this room and there's no air conditioning. That little stupid projector doesn't work and it's, it's just loud and noisy. And I could have gotten on the mic. We found a mic. I was like, do we got a mic, right? And luckily I had my sermon notes on my phone and I'm like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do what we can do. You know, I, I wish that it were, looked different, but that's me just preaching. And I, I'm just, sweat is pouring down my brow. I, I, I can't hear any horns. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. All I know is I'm gonna do what I can, where I can, to do all that I can to see God's kingdom still advance. And that night, the, the situation wasn't ideal. Man, things didn't happen that we had had planned and we were met with opposition, but still that night, 16 or more got saved that night because things keep happening. Can I tell you? I'm not the exception to the rule, right? We, there's going to be things that go wrong. And if you choose to get negative and critical and just down in the dumps and life's not fair and it never goes my way, no, it never goes everybody's way, but you gotta own those moments with the right attitude when you're stuck and you're met with the wrong situation and an opposition that you weren't planning on. And I gotta tell you, for some of us, we've been stuck with the wrong mindset for too long. We've been stuck with the wrong attitude for too long. And in fact, it says this in Deuteronomy chapter one, verse six through seven. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. Woo. You have stayed at this place where you have been long enough. And some of you, that phrase hits deep because you've been going around the same mountain for too long. You've had the same attitude since you've been a teenager. You've had the same just nature and, self, and self-focused thinking as you've always had, and you've been at that mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. And it's time for some of us today to break camp and move on in our lives and in our mindset and in our thinking with the attitudes we've had. Some of us, we are anxious and we worry all the time. And you're just like, well, I'm just, I'm just a worrier. I'm, ju- I'm just anxious, that's who I am. No, that's just who you've allowed yourself to be. Right, you got to change your mindset and attitude that you have. Well, I'm just a fearful person, but God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. That's just who you've rested in being instead of allowing your mindset, your attitude to change. Some of you, you're angry. You are a South Pole elf. You are an angry, angry person, right? And it's not just around Korea. I mean, you're just mad all the time. Can I tell you, you have the wrong mindset. It's not just an emotional thing. It's a thinking 
thing. And you've allowed your thought process to run you instead of you running your thoughts. Some of us, were struggling with lust. And we can never get past it. And we can never get over it. Why? Because you have the wrong attitude and the wrong mindset when it comes to that area of your life. Some of us, we're just negative. Right? You assume the, you don't even know the person, you assume the worst. Oh, I bet you they do this. Right? Like, we know how they got rich. Probably owns like Hustler or Playboy or something. Like he, pro- he probably is in like selling people. Like, and you know, he just, we just start assuming the word. I'm like, wait, what are you talking? Do you know that? No, I just, that's what I think. I'm like, what? What, what? are you talking about? We assume, we're just negative. We're negative about people, about relationships, about opportunity. And the reason you haven't stepped into the promises of God is because you're so negative, you won't take one step forward to leave the mountain that you've been around for 40 years. And you're missing out on relationships and opportunity that God is sending your way. It's time for you to break camp and for you to move on. So how do you move on? How do you move away from that thought process, from that mindset, and step into a life, a mindset that is spirit-led instead of self-focused? How do you do that? You have to have a a mind that is spirit-led instead of self-focused. You can't, you just don't hope that it happens. You have to make sure it becomes a reality that does happen. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Who's in charge of your mind? Romans 8, chapter five through six says this, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is a life and peace. Can I tell you, God is more focused about changing your mindset and your attitude than your situation? Because God can get glory through your situation. Right, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we talked about that last week. Man, Jesus dying on a cross, raising from the grave three days later, 5,000 people hungry, kids got three fish sticks and some bread, and Jesus is like, okay, we make a meal. God can get glory out of your situation, but he seldom gets glory out of your attitude when it's wrong. And if we're going to have a mind that is spirit-led instead of self-focused, here's here's what I can tell you. If you have a mind that is self-focused, it becomes stubborn, it becomes stagnant, and it becomes stuck. And you are stuck being the same person, staying at the same mountain where you know God's got something better. But if your mind becomes spirit-led instead of self-led, it becomes, man, focused, renewed, and transformed. I want a mind that is focused, renewed, and transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse two says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't play Simon Says with culture, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing. And I love this part, and mature. Some of you, it's time for you to grow up. You've been an immature follower of Christ for too long. And the way that you grow up is that you stop being conformed and acting 
like everybody else you're around in this culture, but you allow your life to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. So how do you have a mind that is spirit-led instead of self-focused? First thing is this, and you're going to want your... You're going to want to get a pad of paper and pen out at some point, right? You can take pictures, you can write down notes on your phone, but hear me, you need to write scripture down on paper. This sounds so old school, but can I tell you some old school things just work. You need to write down scripture on paper because it will help deposit it in your heart and mind. Write scripture down on paper. Because what you write down gets down, right? What you write down gets down inside of you. How many of you, when you got in trouble, you had to write sentences at school? Come on, I'm not the only guy. Please, God, help me. I'm talking about lying next week. <laughs> I had to write sentences all the time, and this doesn't surprise you. I mean, I, I hated sentences. I didn't mind detention because you just sat there and you just had to be quiet. I was like, I can do this, right? Like, I got this all day long. I'll just work on homework, right? But when they gave me sentences and you had to write 100 sentences before they let you out, that was the worst. Like, teachers, just take note. That is the worst. And here's what they would have me do. I will never blah, blah, blah again, right? I will never get up and use the bathroom for 30 minutes out of an hour-long class again. I will, you know, I will never get up, I, you know, I, I, whatever it was. And here's why they would have me write it down so many times. Because they were hoping what made me act bad or what I thought was a good idea in class that wasn't a good idea, when I thought that idea was going to be a possibility, that I would remember what I wrote and I would stop doing it. Why? Because when I write it down, it gets down. So anytime I was thinking about doing it, I was like, I will never, right? Like I would, I'd be like, no, no, I wrote sentences about this. I will never. And can I tell you, that's what writing down scripture on paper does for your heart, for your life, and for your mind. When you write it down, it gets down. The psalmist said this, your word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you, right? So when I write it down, it gets down. The word of God says that it is alive and active, that it's sharper than two, any two-edged sword. When you write the scriptures of God down on paper, it becomes alive and active in your soul and in your heart because you are starting to retain something that is powerful, that has the power to correct and rebuke, to teach you what's wrong and what is right in which way you should go. Some of us, man, we got to start writing down the word of God on paper so that it gets implanted in our hearts. So here's my challenge. I'm gonna give you three scriptures today. Three scriptures that I want you to write down for 30 days. Three scriptures for 30 days. And you can add to this, but I'm gonna be doing this with you. Because can I tell you, I need my mind to be transformed sometimes. There's, there's, I need my, the word of God to be alive and active in my soul and in my heart. And so let me give you three scriptures today that I want you to write down. Ephesians chapter four, verse 20 through 24 says this. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, believers, whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them on your heart. Think, con- not, not just enough to think every once in a while, right? But think continually on these. Colossians chapter three, verse two, set your mind, which means to fix, which means to place. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things. And not on things that are on the earth which have only temporarily, temporary value. Can I tell you, if we will start doing this, our mind is going to start having a shift in its mindset and our attitude's gonna change because the word of God is in us. And here's why this is such a big deal is because you have to manage your minds because your thoughts control your life. You gotta manage your mind because your thoughts control life. Your life, And I close with this scripture, Proverbs 4.23 says this, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think because your life is controlled by and shaped by your thoughts. And I've never seen somebody engage in an action they regretted until they didn't take captive a thought that they shouldn't have had. Your thoughts, the danger of them, if they go unchecked, become an action that leads to regret. But there's a better way for you to live. There's a shift in your mindset that needs to happen. And what I can tell you today is that there are promises of God that he has for every single one of us in this place and for you that are watching online, that if you will have a different mindset, you will start seeing the promises of God become a reality for your life. And what I can tell you is this, that is a much, much better way for you and me to live. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. And Lord, there's, there's a battle going on for our thought life. And so, Lord, I pray today that, first off, for this church, that we would have the mind of Christ as a church body. Lord, that we would stay unified, that we would run after what you're calling us to run after, and that we would stay focused on those things that truly, truly matter. And that, Lord, we wouldn't get caught up with everything else that culture is getting caught up with, that we wouldn't get caught up with everything that society's running after, but that, Lord, we would just focus in on your word and we would conduct ourselves as a church and as followers of you to become the best version of us that we can be. Because a house divided, a church divided against itself, it's not going to stand. And you're doing so many great things and incredible things in and through Foundation Church that I pray that we would be the best version of us that we can be. And if that's going to become a reality, Lord, our mindset has to shift. Lord, there's some of us that we're here, we've had the same wrong attitude, the same wrong thought life. Lord, we get discouraged, we get negative, we give up whenever it gets hard, whenever we face opposition, because the reason is we start looking at our opposition and the things that we're against more than the Savior that we serve. And I pray that our life and our thought life would be transformed and our minds would be, begin to be renewed 
through the repetition of your word. Because, Lord, your word is powerful, and it's active, and it's alive when we get it inside of us. So, Lord, let us stop going around the same mountain for 40 years. Lord, let us, let us stop being the same person with the same nature. But you have called our minds to be transformed and renewed so that we can know what your will is for us. Your perfect pleasing, mature will for our life. So God, I pray today that if we don't know what your will is, that there would be a change, a a transformation in our thought life, in our mindset, and that our attitudes would be changed, and our minds would be changed, and our habits would be changed, and as a process and as a result, we would be changed, and our marriage would be changed, and our homes would be changed, and our futures would be changed. God, I pray today that we would understand what a huge deal this is, and that you would do your work in us, because the Lord, us leading our lives has just led to our lives being stuck and stagnant. Instead of powerful, man, instead of, instead of stepping into your promises, instead of it being transformed, let's do work. And Lord, let us do work so that we can become more like you. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here, say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Man, you may be here today or watching online and maybe you aren't where you know you should be in your relationship with Christ. One thing I love about this church is every week people raise their hands. Every week in this place, lives are being changed. Can I tell you, for some of you, this is your week. Some of you, you're here in this place for this very moment. For some of you, you are viewing and you are tuning in online for this moment because there is a transformation, there is a change that needs to happen in your life. And if that's you, I'm gonna count to three and all I'm gonna ask you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yep, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. I got you. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands before we go any further in service today. You say, Justin, that's me today. And, And man, where I'm at, where I'm at, I know it's not where I should be or where I'm supposed to be. Or maybe it's a first time decision or choice. If that's you, I just invite you to raise your hand if you're in this place or even if you're watching at home online. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and your mercy would enter my life. God, I turn from the life that I was living, I repent of it, and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.